0: pressure that comes from doing these types of things choosing to be a creative entrepreneur a photographer whatever level of business is you don't get to just be the photographer or just be like the guy that sells books you know there's so much that goes into it that you're I run into failure often still, and I have certain things that I'm learning that I run to, like shame and fear, that keep me from kind of like making the decision that I want to, and so I have to hash that out and recognize those tendencies as they're coming in, and but in an unhealthy version
1: Welcome to the BrandSet Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands, manage their businesses, and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones, and today's interview is part of our Founder Series. Our Founder Series gives us the opportunity to interview founders and CEOs of companies that serve creative businesses. Today's guest is Sean Gordon. Sean Gordon is the co-founder and CEO of Kiss Books an heirloom album company dedicated to creating a simple album process for photographers. All right, well, uh, welcome, Sean. Thank you for joining me on the Brands That Book podcast. And uh, this is actually the first interview that we're doing for a different series called the Founders Series, where I get the opportunity to interview some of the founders and CEOs of businesses that serve the creative industry. Because uh, as I got to know you uh, and some others, it, your stories are just, uh, I think, uh, pretty fascinating uh, and super interesting to, to hear about. And many of you, um, yourself included, have a background in the industry that you serve. So there's just, there's just so much that we can talk about. Um, we start every interview by just kind of asking about that background. And so I was wondering, would you be willing to share with us what you were doing before you founded uh, KISS Books?
0: Yeah, sure. I was a photographer for 15 years and that overlapped my career with KISS, but that was why we started KISS was because as a photographer, I was in Southern California, so there's no real off season. I now live in the Midwest and know what it's like to actually reschedule a photo shoot, (laughs) wherein you don't do that a whole lot. But I was shooting around uh, around the clock um, all year long. I ended up shooting over 60 weddings multiple years. And um, that was just one of the issues was getting to product. There wasn't a lot of systems. I was filmed when I started just because there was no option of digital yet. And as the digital world came in, it just made sense to figure out systems and things like that to make it easier for um, the photographer, for myself to even get to that product. And so, yeah, I was a photographer. I shot um, over 500 weddings. I would shoot, like I said, about um, 60 weddings a year. And some years I was shooting for multiple studios, so I'd shoot over 100 uh, engagement sessions as well. Um, I was just in the best place, I think, on the planet to do that with the golden light of California. Shooting on the beach all the time, you know, and it was um, something I didn't want to take for granted. I loved it. I was on the verge of burnout at times just because the amount of weddings that I did. Um, but I love the creative side of um, entrepreneurism and, and like just life. So I miss it sometimes. Um, I have I retired a little over three years ago from shooting. Um, but yeah, it was just a career that I loved and uh, was grateful to be a part of it before starting KISS.
1: Yeah, I mean, that just the volume of weddings and engagement sessions that you, you shot uh, is crazy to me. I mean, Chris and I, um, we've never had any associates or anything like that. And so our peak was probably around 40 weddings one year. And to us, that was just, I mean, even that was, you know, felt like too much. And the next year we decided, Hey, we really have to scale back, uh, from shooting 40 weddings. And you were doing 60 and a hundred engagement sessions. I couldn't even, um, you know, I, I don't know how you didn't get burned out. Um, but you also, uh, and you're not going to bring this up. So I'm going to bring it up for you. Um, you got to photograph people like Peyton Manning, right? And I always joke around with you that you should just lead with that, you know, like don't, don't, it doesn't, I don't even, not even interested in the fact that you shot 500, you know, weddings. Uh, I, when I heard, uh, that you shot, you know, you got to shoot people like Peyton Manning I was like, Oh, okay. All right. Tell me more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, here in the Midwest actually. Um, we got connected with a group. Um, he does a children's hospital out here. So I'm you know, shooting his event. Um, that he does a fundraiser for um, the St. Vincent Children's Hospital. And then we ended up shooting weddings and stuff like that, that his whole family was at. So Eli Manning was in one of the weddings that we photographed um, down in New Orleans. Oh, no, it was here in Indiana. The couple was from New Orleans. They had properties down there. So there's a lot of celebrities and like vice presidents and like Secret Service and stuff. We got into. This is one of the things I'm trying to teach. Now, you it's hard to teach confidence, you know. And um, some people have a hard time selling product or showing up in the sales part of this job. And it's like when I didn't have to book weddings because Kiss was doing so well, but I wanted to stay in touch with the industry. It's like we could charge whatever, um, yeah. and it was just really interesting. Like I'd be like, "There's no way we're worth this, even," and just like say, "This is what we're shooting for," and they'd just book, you know, because we were referral. It was the same thing if I was. all the way up to tens of thousands of dollars to photograph a wedding. It was like, it became, it came from a referral. They trusted me all those types of things. So it was fun to work in all different levels of, um, photography budgets because like I found out what my wheelhouse was and it was not when I was photographing like Peyton Manning and stuff like that. There was a season where for the nonprofit that they were um, raising money for that, um, we were just raising our prices because we didn't want to do the event anymore. And they finally went in another direction because of the price, you know? And then it was like from his mouth, like, Hey, we want Sean and that team back because of what they bring to the table. So we brought an experience, you know, we were just taking photos that a lot of people can take, but we were creating an experience that worked for them, you know? And that's kind of what it was about for us always, which is why we could be busy and, and kind of charge, different amounts and things like that um but yeah it was I don't lead with that very often <laughs> I don't get starstruck like I worked with him really closely and it was like he's a, he's a celebrity he's a quarterback all the time he wants to run the show uh-huh. whether it's a show or not and he's very good at it um but sometimes he doesn't know everything that's going on too you know so yeah like, Sean hurry up and I, I want, I want to get through these photos. Like, can you go get the next group ready? And there's not like a line waiting out the door. They yeah. have time slots, but it was like, okay, this is cool. I get it. You know, he's, he's pulled in all different directions. He's For a sure. note that night as well, you know, so it was, it was fun. Um, but it not, not as big a deal to me as it
1: is to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, big, big pain Manning fan. Anyways. Um, Moving on, can you, and, and maybe we should have, and maybe I should have led with this, but um, I, want, I want to talk a little bit about transitioning from photography into uh, founding KISS Books. Um, but first, could you tell us what, what KISS does uh, and who it serves right now? And then we'll kind of yeah. backtrack and talk about that transition a little bit.
0: Yeah, we uh, manufacture photo books for professional wedding photographers, mostly. 90% of them are wedding photographers. We're doing a lot more portraiture and things like that now, um, but we um, serve a professional creative. And so we actually have to validate all those. They um, kind of like, uh, we don't interview or anything like that, but they send over the credentials to make sure because we're trying to protect the professional pricing-wise and all those types of things. Um, yeah, so we manufacture photo books and we also build software that serves that same product. So it's a designer, um, you can communicate with your client in that as well and then goes to the ordering system. So we do software as well.
1: Yeah. So it just kind of keeps it all in one place so that when you design your album, you can use that same software to send it to your client, but then also you use that software to order uh, your album as well. So yeah, pretty seamless uh, process there. It, it seems like, um, so going back to photography, you're, uh, you're a photographer. What, what specifically were the reasons why you wanted to, to start a album company?
0: Yeah. Um, uh- I had investors um, in a camera store that um, I had bought. Um, My son was getting to an age where he was possibly going to start playing sports. He uh, is my creative, and so he doesn't, he's in plays and and does music and stuff like that. Um, But at the time, I was like starting to think at 60 plus weddings a year that if I'm not shooting a weekend, it's rare, but when I don't, it means I'm going to pay for it in other weekends with two or three in a weekend. And so it was uh, just a decision where I knew I wanted to kind of like scale back. And shooting 20 just didn't seem like enough to me um, until I figured out some systems for selling other products. But I knew, like, the lifestyle of Southern California and things like that. At the time, I was actually pretty unhealthy chasing just that part of life, which was the financial side. And so I was like, I want to invest in other things so that I can have some weekends to where I could be at my kids, you know, sporting events or whatever and shoot less weddings um, type of a thing. So that's what uh, I I started to do the camera um, deal. And and it was like uh, it was a storefront and we we did like, you know, one hour photo type of a thing. And then um, I was a part of a lot of like uh, online forums and things like that and saw a need for this particular product was like creating a system that makes it easier for the creative photographer to get to this product because back then I was like faxing in forms and I was selling <laughs> a lot of books but I was like this I'm, I'm, I want to hang this up because it's taking way too long I mean the money is there but there's got to be a different way and that's kind of when um, we went into business doing that you know really creating a system more than inventing a new product or anything like that
1: And when, like, were there other album companies? I mean, I assume there were other album companies in existence at the time because you were, uh, and and because print and products, I think, were a a staple of the industry, um, much more so in in some ways than they are even now, you know, uh, with digital files and people who just, you know, that shoot and share uh, mentality. Um, So were there other album companies out there?
0: Yeah, I had done tours of the... um one company that I was using, I used a couple companies, um, and I loved the process as well. I actually come from a printing background. Uh, what I say is my like my last real job before I had my own business. I ran a printing press. So I love print, color, creativity when it comes to those types of things. That's why I'm drawn to photography and printing and things like that. Um, but I do warehouse tours and I'm like, man, I love product. And so to see them building with their hands and all those types of things really like lit a fire in me to mm-hmm. where I was like, man, I think we can make the process to get to this handcrafted product better, and so yeah, there was other book companies, not as many as there is today because now there's a lot like that can just be a marketing front and have Mm -hmm. a warehouse built for them, Um, but ultimately it was like yeah, this is uh, there's something here. They uh, they had like, you know, probably like a thousand SKUs or a thousand options where I was like, hey, I made my own version of Kiss before Kiss existed with one of these other companies. I was like, I'm gonna offer these. 10 colors and this these two sizes this is what my parent book looks like i didn't want to show them all of the options that were available because a bride that just you know made a thousand decisions to get to her wedding doesn't want to do that again after the fact for her book it's like here's this size book, Uh, what color do you want? Most of them ended up in like a black or brown leather, a very classic color, Mm -hmm. and it was more about the design. And so that is where we like really focus, like how can we create a system that can focus on the design and the communication back and forth to get them to the finish line, because the back and forth is really hard. Back then without digital, I'd meet with them in person. And I remember my first meeting, like it was yesterday, I sat with this client for eight hours And then we had to schedule another appointment. I was like, okay, this is clearly not scalable. I need to figure this out. If I'm doing this 60 times a year, that's like months of my life that I'm doing just albums. Now I was making money doing it, but ultimately I was like, there has to be a better way. And so that was like the underlying bottleneck. And you're always wanting to kind of like make things efficient where possible. And that's where we came up with KISS.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And it's so interesting to me that when you start limiting choices, right? Um, that people a end up I think be end up being happier you know because they don't have to go through that overwhelm of figuring out from a thousand different uh, possibilities what the one choice is that they want to make, and yep. then um, in addition to that it just it just streamlines the. Uh, the process that much more, it, you yeah. know, when somebody has a thousand uh, different choices, they're going to take a, a lot longer in, in making decisions. And I think uh, photographers still struggle with that, where you know they send over options, and then they're surprised when the the bride uh, takes you know mm-hmm. two years uh, to to choose their right. uh, their album cover and and this and that. Yeah. Um, so that's uh, that's really interesting. So you had owned a storefront. And then you decided to move to. You, you decided you want to start this album company. Were the same investors today? Like, were they okay with like, oh, hey, we Did you transition that company to the album company, um, yeah. or did you start? Did you kind of just start over?
0: I started over. Um, it, it was again. I was not healthy in like leadership and things that I've worked a lot on since then. Mm-hmm. Um, it's ten, you know, ten years ago that we started Kiss. Um, I was speaking at an event actually here in Indianapolis which is where I live now and had started doing the books a little bit and that's where I met my uh, previous business partner and so we had the idea of like hey he had a marketing background and a lot of like skills that I didn't have at the time and so we started to create kiss as its own product um, and this company was serving that other one but I the writing was on the wall really early but it was really it was a tough transition. Uh, with me and my investors. And, you know, it's just one of those things. There was a lot of failure there on my part, on their part. And we wrestled through getting through that. But um, I was, I had worked out a deal to get them out of their investments and get paid back and all those types of things. Mm -hmm. It was a he said, she said type of a thing. And it was just like one of the toughest times that I had had in my business was working in that because I care so much about relationships that it was definitely damaging that relationship, having to kind of like battle through, hey, I'm, I'm moving to focus just on this, um, on KISS, and neither side was super happy about it. Like KISS, my business partner was like, seems like you're doing stuff for them, and they were like, it feels like you're doing stuff for that, so like, let's make a decision. Mm-hmm. And as I did that, you know, both of them wanted me to lead that business, and it was it was tough, very tough decision. And um, still to this day, you know, I have a hard time with it. Just that time of life, it's why I want to get healthy regularly so I don't have to go through those types of times.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And during that transition, um, or looking back at that transition, rather, do you feel like you – you feel like you made the right decision. Yeah, j- I mean, just from a business perspective, um, because I I don't see a ton of camera stores anymore. You know, there's there's not really the whole one-hour photo thing. Uh, I know yeah. it still exists at, at, on some level, but uh, you know, it's not like you're driving around and you see a bunch of these camera shops anymore. Um, you know, you you go to Best Buy, you go on Amazon, you go on you know B and H or something online, but you're you're generally not dropping off rolls of film uh, to be developed in an hour anymore. So do you feel like you made the right decision in that pivot to KISS?
0: Yeah, I do. Um, It was like we went from there right into a warehouse and continued to do some of the stuff that we were doing because the locals still liked to buy local, which still exists. But Mm -hmm. again, when it comes to technology and cameras and stuff, it is so easy to do research online. And this was in that kind of like time where digital was more well received, where everybody was okay with it by this point. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, it was um, it was very tough to be the small person on the block, at, you know, because I was down the street from a Costco, and there was times where I would they wanted to buy it from me, but Costco was literally selling the camera for less than what I bought it in yeah. my version of bulk for, you know, like I had to mark it up. It was literally less than what I could buy it for, because I was buying ten at a time mm-hmm. or whatever they were buying a thousand at a time, you know, and so it was like the writing was on the wall that I couldn't keep up with that. I didn't want to. Be Costco. I still don't like. Even with Kiss, there's times where I go to these larger labs. I invest in relationships with other businesses, the big dogs in our industry, and I'm like, I don't want to do this. I want to do one thing, laser focused, and do it the best. Not just to do it the best, but so I can serve uh, our the people that choose to use us. Uh, the and same thing. We buy local where we can, and um, we're really trying to manufacture a great product, but be able to invest in the relationship. And I, and I just like so many times I would feel so spread thin if I was doing so many things that these big companies are doing.
1: Yeah. So after you made the the, tra- the decision to transition to KISS full-time and you got out of your, your uh, you know, previous investment in the, the, the camera store, uh, was it pretty much smooth sailing from there?
0: No. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, it's kind of a, one of the things that, you have to be okay with is the change and the failure that comes with entrepreneurship. There's times I was just talking to um, like a CEO that was transitioning out of a position and she said something along the lines of like, I just kind of want to go work for Starbucks right now because the pressure that comes from doing these types of things, choosing to be a creative entrepreneur, a photographer, whatever level of business it's you don't get to just be the photographer or just be like, the guy that sells books, you know, there's so much that goes into it that you're, I run into failure often still. And I have certain things that I'm learning that I run to like shame and fear that keep me from kind of like making the decision that I want to. And so I have to hash that out and recognize those tendencies as they're coming in. And, but in an unhealthy version of me, it's like, I ran into failure more often because I was like, thought, you know, a lot of it was pride and things like that Mm -hmm. as well, that I was like, having to prove myself to somebody. And when I do that, I'm not making the best decision for what I, why I really started this business. And so, man, talk about like, I mean, just thing after thing, like learning to build, a manufacture a book is like, it's like there's people that have done it for decades for reading books and I would mm-hmm. go to them and learn something from them. And then I'd go to the linen manufacturer and the paper mill and learn so much about every piece of this product and glue and all these things. And it was just like, there's times where I'm like, I've built a monster. What did I get myself into? <laughs> um, but again, because I stay close to my why, um, I'm like, that's why I do it. But yeah, I went through some, it's been 10 years, but there was a season where I was trying to learn different parts that we were having problems with. And I actually had like alopecia, where you lose parts of your hair from stress. It's stress-induced um, hair loss. And thank God, like it grew back. But um, <laughs> my uh, My barber was like, you know trimming my hair up and they he was like i just want you to know like there's a spot here i haven't seen before but i didn't do it and yeah I was, you, know, you had to know like i like turn and look in the mirror get him to get the mirror for me i was like what is that you know and sure enough i went to the doctor they referred me to a specialist that looked at it and it was just like hey man i you need to take care of yourself because this is stress induced and you're at the time i was like 31 years old you know and it's like eh, that's that's early to be having these types of symptoms yeah. but You run into stuff like that regularly, you know, and so today I'm more focused on taking care of myself first, making Mm -hmm. sure that I'm healthy going into this. Even when you pulled up uh, this recording, um, you heard the music and I was like, I'm just trying to set myself up for to be in a good place versus like being on social media, flipping through, answering an email right before this, I want to be committed to you mm-hmm. and to the people that are listening to this to like deliver what's on my heart. And if I'm, if my mind is elsewhere, which so much of my life, that's what I wrestle with.
1: Um, then I can't deliver what I want to, to you, you know? Yeah. So as you're, and, and I've been to your warehouse and, uh, and we've gotten a tour and it's incredible just the, the complexity, um, you know, of the process. Right. I mean, you you guys have it down, uh, of course, but even just the glue that you use was specially engineered for your books so that it lasts for a long time through different environments. Right. So there's there's obviously a lot of complexity that goes into that. And I'm sure that was a learning process in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Would you say that your biggest challenges getting started were mostly on that front dealing with the product or was it something else? Was it sales or marketing or um, operations
0: no, that was it. I mean, mm-hmm. for sure. That was our biggest thing. Cause that's the thing with, that was the unknown for us. And so what I've learned again in the process is that we have resources and just like in photography, there's people that are willing to share what's mm-hmm. working for them. And there's some people that kind of are on lockdown. They think they have the secret sauce. Ultimately we are like that book, that, that product is an extension of my vision or my heart as the founder and um, owner. But there's so much that goes into it that um, was like unknown. And so I reached out to resource. I traveled the planet le- learning how to manufacture product and why the glue matters and what, you know, why everything goes to the spine and puts all the pressure on that. So um, it was a lot of like a lot of prototyping at first. And I was grateful that our marketing side of things was about simple because to do that on top of a ton of inventory would have been tough but to pick this kind of like unoccupied hill that we picked of simple um, we only had like six colors three sizes a square book and so we did the same thing over and over and over again we got good really quick Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah that was that was the biggest hurdle was learning that process now we have tons of efficient um, systems in place we don't automate hardly anything it's still hand done but um, if you do the same thing a thousand times in a month, you're going to get really good at sure. it. Sure. You know? And so that's what we did, and, and um, it went from like having the covers made up in Los Angeles. I'd go pick up those, and then I would use that as a resource to learn how to make product, make those covers. And then you know we'd spend time and have them consult, and then we brought covers in house. You know, and then printing is a total art of itself. And I was doing a CMYK, which is a four color process, but um, photographic printing is RGB. And so I had to learn what that looked like in imaging and how much the chemicals mattered and all those types of things. So again, I just like leaned into my resources and I'm I'm that guy Mm -hmm. that not afraid to like, hey, just say like, hey, this is what I'm wrestling with. Are you willing to um, share this with me or not? Like, I'm gonna figure it out. I want you to know that. I'm gonna figure this out. And I'm total, I would, I prefer investing in the relationship versus like making a, a product and comparing ours to theirs and showing us, showing them how much, how much more superior we are than them. It's not Mm -hmm. about that. Like there's enough to go around. Like, are you willing to share? And there's some people that are, and there's some people that aren't. So um, I just invest in those resources and relationships. And, you know, you start to figure out the ones that are willing to share those things. And I'm, I'm an open door as well. Anybody can come and warehouse, do a warehouse tour like you did. But even if it's a competitor, we had, again, some of these bigger companies at one of the big trade shows that we were just at. And they were looking at one of our products that they love. And I was like, what do you want to know about it? I know, who you are it's not that big of a deal like yeah. you don't need to turn your badge around and sneak it's like i'm fine because you're not going to be able to create the same experience that we do over at kiss so that's more what it's about if you can s- be with your kids a little bit more because i can just give you the place to get that particular wood or paper or whatever then i'm i, I prefer that you know
1: yeah that's a, that's an interesting take uh, i had a, a conversation with jonathan uh, Canless, who's a film photographer. Um, a few years back and and he was telling me that he, you know, he believed he could, he could share everything he knows about photography with anyone. And he really is an open book. You know, if you, if you talk to them, he's, he'll, he'll share. Um, but his take was basically like at the end of the day, nobody else is going to be able to create the same images um, that I create. Right. So I just thought that was a, a fascinating perspective. Um, Not so- everybody
0: buys that I follow and read books that encourage that so mm-hmm. that I know because sometimes I'm like am I crazy doing this but at, you know I have people and like mentors um, that don't know they're my mentor type of a thing that I follow on social media that preach that but I was just talking to our biggest competitor yesterday and he was still like why do you do that like why? <laughs> and, I, and I was like because and I, I explained the same thing I just feel like it doesn't matter as much. Like There's no way you can do what I do and I cannot do what you do. You're gonna deliver different experiences and people can make the decision based on that. If they're based on price, that's a totally different beast and Mm -hmm. those are just transactions. But if we invest in the relationship, whether it's you and me or me and my clients, then there's more depth and loyalty to it. And so that's the platform that we stand on, not this like, hey, we have this secret sauce. There's certain things that we do that other book companies don't do. But if they ask about it, I'll just tell them, you know, because it's like it could better your process. And that's yeah. fine. You're going to your clients better be through that. But you're going to market it different. You're going to communicate different. You're, your values are different than mine typically.
1: And I'm, I'm really interested in hearing about how KISS became a, a profitable business. Because w- when you're starting a photography business, there's certainly an investment. You're going to go out and you're going to buy professional uh, cameras and, and lighting equipment and so on. But you're probably looking at a couple thousand dollars to get started. With mm-hmm. a, a warehouse and the, the instruments that you all use to build an album... I'm assuming that it's not just a couple thousand dollars. I would would assume, and and you certainly don't have to share, that it's tens of thousands of dollars in order to get started with that. And then you add in this level of uh, uncertainty with not, you know, you had to go through this exploration process of of figuring out how to create the high quality book that you create. And then you have to get a certain uh, density of clients, right? You have to get get clients to start ordering your books in mass for it to be... For it to be profitable. So, how did you how did you market yourself? How did you get your uh, get the word out there that this is something you're doing? Uh, I mean, if you, if you started this business ten years ago, I mean, Facebook existed, of course, but uh, I don't think Facebook ads in their current form existed. So there wasn't there wasn't anything like that. So, how did you get the word out there that this is what you were doing, uh, and get to a point where you where you had enough comf- uh, customers where this this became a profitable business?
0: Yeah, again, even back there, then when I um, wasn't as focused on on the things that I am today with um, just personal development and things like that, I still believed in the relationship. Um, who I am today is who I was then. It's just like I believe it's a healthier version. So um, in Myers Briggs, I'm an ENFP, which is a connector, and so that was my wheelhouse. I mm-hmm. love um, community. I love. You know, I love speaking because I love the relationship that comes from that. And so we were uh, me and my um, previous business partner were a part of all the forums back then, which was is now like basically Facebook groups. And so we were talking shop regularly. I I was published and, um, you know, those types of things. So people kind of knew who I was um, partly, but. Um, I was very busy as a photographer, but I was also like active in the community. And so it was like, Hey, we, we have this idea. Like, what do you think? You know? And and it was, we run into the same thing today that we did back then. It's like, Oh man, I have a hard time selling that Mm -hmm. product. And so it was like, well, this is what we're going to do. This is what works for us. And this is what works with some of our peers to sell these books. So we're going to create a system that is, you know, out of, out of this world compared to what you're currently using. Would that help, you know, and, and, um, and then we just did it. And so it was like, I met my business partner in December. By March we had everything going, like website and things like that. And by May we took our first orders, but we had that short window to build up of like five or six months of like, hey, this is what we're doing. And we built such a buzz that literally was like the first month in, in um, business, we took 46 orders and by the end of that year we were taking a hundred orders a month and to us it was like we were trying to keep up at that point Mm -hmm. because we had learned a ton about manufacturing but not at volume you know like i was making the books and i was you know in there doing all this as well as then jumping on the computer answering questions doing our own customer support all that stuff so the investment was that's that's part of it for sure and it's like Back then, it was probably closer to tens of thousands, if not like low six-figure investment. Now it's like seven-figure investment to yeah. to scale to like doing over you know thousand books a month type of a thing. So um, it was it's again a lot of learning in that time. But like it was when you're hungry and like I love shooting, but I knew I was gonna burn out on shooting sixty weddings and a hundred engagement shoots. Um, I love people more than anything. So that's what I loved about even the photography was I get to be a part of a wedding day, which is very special and like I love relationships. and so I invested so much in there. But when I shot three in a weekend, I was like, okay, I can't do this forever at this rate. And so what's another version of this? I can, I still want to be in the creative industry, and that's where this came from. But yeah, it was like big investment, um, marketing was on point, and we were, Literally we saw a hill that nobody was on. Mm -hmm. And that was, Hey, we're gonna take all of the options out. All the options that you can get. There was no at the time there was no photo cover. You couldn't put the name of the client on the cover. Nothing. It was a square leather book. And now it's a lot more options because we realize options aren't aren't not, you know, they aren't anti simple. It's the process to get to it. So Mm -hmm. as long as we continue to make it easy to get that done, then we can add those options. But back then we were like, no we're going to say no to all of this stuff. And man, talk about ears raised, like those companies (laughs) that I used to use, we would see them at trade shows. And a lot of them are from New York. And and they have this kind of like, they they say what's on their mind. (laughs) I remember I was in the elevator with one of the guys that I used to use as a book company. And he's like, his was very more colorful language than I'll use. But he was just like, I can't believe what you guys are doing because we've said yes for so long that we can't go back and say no. And we've looked into building a system like you, but because we have thousands of SKUs, we can't do it for an, a, an affordable price, you know? So he's like, you know, good, good for you guys. He was mad about it, but he was like, we saw <laughs> what we are doing. And now we are likely larger than that company. And, and just like sticking to our, A lot of people copied simple. Mm -hmm. And so we've had to evolve and uh, kind of rethink what that looks like. And so we've shifted from the world's simplest book company to pursue simple. So it's a lifestyle that you're signing up for. And we know we feel like the epidemic is not um, the amount of book companies or the amount of photographers that are in competition with each other. It's the fact that we believe that there's 2 million weddings here in the USA. And 1.5 million of those are not getting anything, let alone a book. And so as a business entrepreneur, I'm like, I'm going to go after those, right? But no, I love the creative entrepreneur so much that I'm going to pour into that, create systems and create a space for the photographer to thrive in so they can focus on what matters most to them, whether it's their craft or their family or whatever it is that they're invested in um, and still have a successful business. And so that's like, that's always been our thing. And so we can now do other, you know, versions of our product with cameos and like, names on the front and stuff like that and make it as simple as possible and then create a space and educate on how to like how did i sell albums we take our top you know photographers that are crushing it like how are they selling albums and then i like educate through that and teach their processes like what's going to work for you do you believe that your work needs to be printed or are you fine with it on facebook or on a digital uh like a hosting image hosting site and uh, most people are like well i want it printed but i Mm -hmm. don't know how That, you know, and so we're like, great, if you believe in it, then you can be a part of kiss because we're going to educate you and show you how because even if you don't believe it, it doesn't mean that your bride doesn't want an album that she has for the rest of her life, you know, type of a thing. So that's our heart, ultimately.
1: Yeah, and I think that um, the kinds of people that are attracted to kiss share that same perspective that you do about competition and about sharing uh, information. And so since we've worked with you, we've kind of had an inside uh, look at this, but a lot of the photographers that work with you are more than willing to share exactly how they, they sell albums, exactly how they sell prints, how they put their album order together, how they sell albums before holiday seasons, which is awesome. Um, just that because that kind of thing I think makes a huge difference for photographers because you can you can grow your business by shooting more or you can grow your business by optimizing each customer's value and this is something that we've talked about on this podcast a lot so you could shoot the equivalent of a couple weddings per year just in the albums that you sell so now you're getting weekends Mm -hmm. back but you're making these the same amount of money you did the year prior so I think that's awesome that your company has that heart to share and educate clients beyond just giving them a tool to uh, simply order order albums. And I imagine yeah. that that experience and that, that elevator was so validating at that point to hear a competitor, maybe a competitor who was uh, larger than you guys at the time, I assume, uh, just yeah. say hey you're on to something I wish that you know I wish that this is the approach that uh that we took so yeah there was like
0: four or five guys in the elevator so there was this like level of pride and everything and I was like and at the time I was like wearing these I mean clothes that I look back I'm like what was I doing like I can't (laughs) believe I was that into myself but I kept my cool and I was like yeah like thanks we appreciate that when they got off the elevator I lost it you know I was just like that who I ordered books from and it does it shows like hey we're we are on to something and if we can get keep our heart there um you know i don't want to end up in that place where it's like i have a thousand SKUs you know um it just makes sense to really stay laser focused on that you know and then then we can serve better because of it you know we have the freedom and availability capacity to serve how we want to
1: and so really early on it was the trade shows and word of mouth um
0: yeah we did trade shows we couldn't get in the first WPPI because back then it was like it still is kind of like the trade show, but it was like there was a waiting list to to get a booth, and um, it was the following year that we did that. So we went around with like um, pugs and and local meetups, and we spoke. We did whatever we can. We did our own version of that. It was mm-hmm. called Get Simple, and so we taught from the early on. We educated like what are we doing in our business? Like how am I shooting that many weddings and making you know different amounts of money and things like that with product or whatever? And so we taught on the experience, and we do we do we kind of like uh, we we had a hard time selling the business side and we knew that we need to get creative with it. And so we, then we brought on a a well-known shooter and um, they did a styled shoot and then it was packed, you know, and so we can speak and uh, hopefully keep them interested in the business side and then they would do the shoot. And so we just, we traveled like crazy and then other friends of ours were launching um, software at the same time. So, got on a bus with them and like toured the country, just like, again, just like all in hustle mode, like nobody else, and and we just showed up and and
1: served, you know, that's what we did. So, um, you hit the stride, KISS uh, eventually becomes a profitable business. Uh, What's interesting, and you mentioned this at the beginning, is that in entrepreneurship, in running a business, you just have to be okay with uh, the failure and the challenges that are going to inevitably come. And I think even past you get, even after you get past that point where it's like, okay, I'm on to something, right? Because, um, kiss, kiss works, right? So you know that, but even beyond that, those initial challenges that you had, it's not like you haven't had any challenges since then. It's not like you came up with a, a great product, it started selling, and then you could kick back and relax and, and just hang out, right? You've had, uh, as I think any entrepreneur has different challenges that come up along the way. You once told me a story where, um the the designer was defaulting to a certain color right so yeah. you had you know so you had a, a bunch of books ordered in like aqua or something like that right because that was the right. first
0: i had one of those books i'm glad it's not in here because it's not something i want to remember but yeah, I remember yeah. Looking across, all the colors and i look across the warehouse i was like you know i knew the pop the colors might be a little more popular but not that one like that's weird and i just <laughs> looked across the warehouse and there's hundreds of these like aqua teal books and i was like is that happening? Like it was nuts. And so sure enough, it was a, it was aquamarine was the name of it. And it just defaulted to that where where it used to default to black and you'd have to pick, but it's just, yeah. Another one of those learning things.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's just challenges that come up that are, that are unexpected. Um, but more recently you did have uh, a bigger transition within kiss. You, you started this business with a, with a co-founder and you and your co-founder have recently parted ways. And, and, um, I know that, uh the ch- the transition has been challenging in different ways um mm-hmm. and i was wondering what you'd be willing to share uh about that and kind of taking kiss on on your own um and i think anybody who's run a business on their own can can relate to some of the the challenges that one might face um but could you tell us about that transition and kind of where kiss is heading in the future
0: yeah for sure um i love my um my business partner and um it was like what made us who we were was a huge part of what he brought to the table, and one of the smartest guys I've ever worked with, and um, it's tough because you become very good friends, hopefully with, with those. We weren't friends before, but we became very good friends around we're on the road all the time together. Mm-hmm. Building business really excited each other in certain ways that made it to where we could um, build this thing and build it fast, you know, and we didn't, our goal wasn't to build it fast, it just did because mm-hmm. we definitely kind of hit the nail on the head, um, at the time. And, and what got us here isn't necessarily going to get us there is kind of a mentality that really started to divide us a little bit. And it was like, um, in this, at the seven year mark, I became the first CEO, um, because again, it being the connector and, um, really investing in leadership. um, he was doing a lot of that as well. Um, at the time he believed he was uh, a lot more of an introvert and, um, he would say like, I had a hard time following you into a room or like I, I did a lot of the ordering when we were at um, dinner with our clients because he was so introverted again, Mm -hmm. super smart, but pretty introverted. Um, in a way that like he just didn't love like being in a big, large group of people and Mm -hmm. a lot of times we're speaking and at these huge events and stuff like that. So he started to do a lot of the behind the scenes stuff anyway with marketing and things like that. And then it just got to the point where I was like, you know, um, I love you and and I care for you and your family. I want what's best for you guys, but I think for the future, for what's next for us. This is what I see and I'm not sure if it's exactly what you see. And I want the freedom to be able to make some of these decisions. And so in the CEO seat, um, I had control over certain areas, but I still had a business partner and co-founder that I respected and wanted to like make sure that like, hey, are you good with these decisions? But I really needed to free up the capacity to do what I believe is next. And that's when I just when my wife and I actually made the decision like, hey, this is where we're at. What do you guys think? And they We uh, debated, fought for it a little bit, you know, but it got to the point where it's like, okay, um, here's my number, and it's just the writing's on the wall. Here's what the company's worth type of a thing. And we're like, yeah, that's what we were thinking as well. Can we just um, go our separate ways at this point? Like, I care enough about them that I'm not trying to negotiate. We we hardly had any negotiation. It was great. Mm -hmm. And then we got into it with the attorneys and and got through it, you know. And so what's next for KISS is really like – Staying focused on on what matters to us, which is ultimately serving creatives and creating a space for them to thrive in. Now, when I say that, you have no idea what I do with <laughs> books, right? And I'm okay with that. We're going to really push the envelope of like, we are here to serve creative entrepreneurs, and we happen to sell books mm-hmm. because we're not the only people on the planet that can make a book. Um, but. What you're going what you can expect from kiss is service like none other and we're going to continue to invest in a system and education and ways that make it easy for your client for the photographer's client to get this product because it's not easy it's not an easy process a lot of the surveys that we run it's like i have a hard time doing the design and back and forth and sales and making it like profitable and understanding what i'm making and all that so we are underlying in our system making all those things happen and that's what we're really focused on so now i've taken on the development um side of the company as well and um marketing and branding and things like that and trying to really like focus that on what creatives want to see so that they stick around and then when they become part of the atmosphere part of the what we call the kiss crew they're like man like they're for us like Mm -hmm. i want them to know we're for them i don't want you to sell books because I own a book company. I want you to sell books because of the relationship. And I believe in printed material. And so there's a place for Facebook and Instagram. Social media is great. I live 2,000 miles away from my family, so they get to keep up with uh, my life, partly through social media. But there's still nothing like sitting down and looking at a book. So whether it's with my eight-year-old, that would prefer to be on a device, When we look through a book of our images, we sit and we laugh together. We can do that on mm-hmm. Facebook, but there's a distraction there. And then I was recently with my grandpa who has Alzheimer's and he's like my favorite man on the planet. I have a ton of respect for this man. He has photos out all the time because when he looks at them, he can't he at the time he couldn't remember my daughter, who he shouldn't know. But he would pull up a photo and he would explain everything about it. I got the chills right now because it's like it's such a beautiful thing that the connection of us to print and this like we just stopped time so we can look back and remember it. He could remember everything and there's pictures of him as a kid and he's 94 years old at the time. He's looking at it. He could tell me everything about it. and It was funny because he'd say like, hey, remember this? And he's a kid. He's 97. Yeah. So my, my aunt was like, dad, uh, you know, Sean's Your grandson, you know, he wasn't there when (laughs) this photo was taken, you know, he was not even made yet. Uh, But he can remember everything about it. And it was just such a beautiful thing. And it really matters to me that um, people get a printed product, especially, you know, what we invest in a photographer, especially for a wedding day or whatever, to I want photographers to be photographers that deliver an album. Mm -hmm. We have images that happen in between that. But how are we going to tell the story? Is it going to be just on social media? And if that's what the client wants, so be it. But I really believe that we want to tell the full story in an album. And so that's what we're doing. Like going forward, we're just creating an atmosphere that you can do that. And there's a system that like, here's the keys to that system. And you can go focus on your craft, focus on the relationships and go do those things. Because underneath you is the support of this Um, System that does all of that work for you. You're able to intertwine your vision and your wording, your language, all those things into it, but ultimately we're creating a a spot where it can do a lot of the business for you. So it's not so scary Mm -hmm. to show up and communicate these things. Like here's when to communicate, here's how to communicate. This is what I did and had success in to get my clients that album. I want that for you. And in, in your own words, what would you say? And then we'll write it out and create a space in the dashboard for them to just be able to share those things.
1: Yeah, and I think that point has never been so evident to me as as Chris and I expect our first child. I've been going back through some old photo albums that my parent ha- parents have, and I, I'm not a believer that things last longer digitally. You know, I think that in very many ways, it's a they have a shorter lifespan. You know, social media things things that appear on social media are popular for 24 hours, and then they're right. gone and buried. Even the files that you keep on your computer, if you have. Digital back, back, uh, backups of photos. I mean, I know for me, and I'm a pretty organized person, to, to go and find a specific photo that I'm thinking of. I'd have to dig through, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of images through different files, whereas yeah. a, uh, an album you know, it kind of forces you to, to pick what images are most important and actually print those. And then they're out. And, you know, I'm so grateful. I, I lost my mom when I was uh, a senior in high school. And so she hasn't been around for, you know, a, a number of experiences, but especially this one lately, I've been thinking about her a lot, uh, just as Chris and I expect our, our first, first kid. Yeah. Um, and I'm so grateful for photo albums, or I'm so grateful that she didn't, she didn't have, you know, it wasn't even a possibility, but she didn't have a computer somewhere that would be right. in storage that probably wouldn't even turn on, you right. know, where because otherwise I just wouldn't be able to get to those images and I wouldn't be able to, um, you know, just see and be reminded of, a of a, a part of her life that I can't otherwise remember. So I think right. that that kind of thing is so, uh, it's, it's just so important. Um, Especially in today's age where it's so easy to take a picture, it hang out on your phone, it hang out Mm -hmm. as a file on your computer, never really to be seen again and not easily accessed by people. One of the things that I, you know, as we wrap up here, one of the things that I want to ask you about and something that you've referred back to uh, often is just kind of this idea of, you know, understanding and knowing yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Working through kind of the stuff you have going on in your life, and um, and that's actually how we met, right? We met at a leadership mm-hmm. program out west um, with uh, Giant, and um, so I've kind of got a small glimpse of watching you go through that uh, process. What has has um, coming to a better understanding of yourself and having better self awareness? How's that affected uh, your life personally and with uh, with Kiss? Uh, and do you have any advice for um, you know other entrepreneurs, especially young entrepreneurs, people just starting their businesses um, as they get started?
0: Yeah, I could go on for a long time about this <laughs> if I need to. but um, ultimately, what it's like to be on the other side of me is something that is hard to look at because I know everything about what's inside of me and to bring that to light is what it takes to work on it. And that's scary. That's vulnerable. That's like the fear of what I'm already dealing with is the fact that will you love me if I show you everything that goes through my mind or that I deal with or that I run to. And, um, but it's so valuable. The more I talk about it, the more I put it out there, the more freeing it is for me because I believe we have like the capacity to hang on to so much much stuff and go this far. And I can't move this further until I let go of a little bit more. I'm not, I don't move on from it. I move forward. So I let go of a little bit and I work on it so that I can move forward again. And we will, I will never arrive. I will always be a student of this. There's always room for improvement. And, um, so I think the advice that I would have is like, one of the things that my wife and I have started to do In our marriage, and you can do this in any relationship, that is like you know you're for each other, but you're also um, expecting each other to grow. Um, Is like we will, we have this thing where it's like, hey, do you want some feedback? And so I can say, if my wife says that to me, I'm like instantly, as an ENFP, one of the things I have a hard time with is criticism because I'm so close to everything that if you, if I, even if I ask for a critique, um, it's like I'm placing it on my heart. And you take shots at it and now I'm like wounded because I took it so personal where the person that gave it to me might have said like, hey, you asked for criticism and yet you're so hurt about it. Like, do you want me to make it better or not? You know, what were you really asking? So knowing that about myself, I can see it coming in now. Like, okay, I really want this to be better. And so even when she says, hey, can I give you feedback? I can respond yes or no. And I can even say like, yeah, I'd love some feedback, but I wanna know for sure That you are for me. So, can you start with the reason that you're for me and why you want to give me feedback, and then give me the feedback. And when I'm sitting there, likely bleeding on the ground, (laughs) make sure you kind of like end it with, "And I'm still for you because I see the, the most powerful things that she said to me at taking on, you know, more leadership in the company and with our kids and with each other." she's like i see so much in you and i expect that from you and i want you to know that's a compliment Mm -hmm. i expect you to show up that way and so that's what i'm longing for and that's what i'm leaning into you for is for you to show up that way and that's what i that's what i want out of this so as i give you feedback it's just so that you know kind of how you're coming across because i know that's not who you are yeah you know so it's huge in every aspect of life leaving leading a team leading a relationship even with your clients and things like that knowing what it's like to be on the other side of you it's not fun to look at at first but you can come across the way that you genuinely desire to where subconsciously you're coming across in a way that you don't even know exists because we're not likely going to just be like hey i don't really know you but i'm gonna give you some feedback but like doing a lot of like um Asking our clients for feedback on how we're doing in customer support or anything like that now I can read those before we would do surveys and I'm like you guys read them. I'm just <laughs> doing it. I can't handle it. You know? Yeah, but now like man, that's what they want. Why and I want to just I'll call them on the phone and we'll have a great conversation about it. But um, like leaning in always being a student. I read a lot. Um, and I don't take everything and and apply it. You know, there's certain books that I go to because that's the lifestyle that I want, essentialism being one of them. Essentialism is not being a minimalist. That's not my goal in life. It's trying to make the best decision with what I feel is available to me. But Mm -hmm. so many times in my life, I've limited what is available to me that I only had a couple decisions. I don't ever want to be in a place where I have a big decision to make and only have two decisions. There's likely other decisions out there. And there's also, Because there's more decisions or more options because you can look at it from a different side, you know. Like I had this feeling or this like um, judgment on my dad because of the house that I was raised in. But I never until just recently, literally in the last couple of months, had somebody say like, hey, have you ever thought about what it's like to be him? And Mm -hmm. like do you even know what he was going through when those things were happening? I was like, no, like I don't really want to. I'm mad at him about it or I was hurt by it. And so I had a conversation, we just sat down and I was like, dad, I just want to know where you came from. Like, I don't know much about you and I want to know you. I want to like feel this compassion towards you. But all I have is my side of the story, you Mm -hmm. know, and as I started to unpack where he came from, it's like, no wonder, you know, yeah, because he makes the decisions with what he makes the best decisions with what is potentially available to him. And there wasn't much in the childhood that he had, you know, as well. And so it was just like, That's It just allows us to really um, have compassion. And like as an entrepreneur, for me, one of the things that just went was kind of like grace, compassion. It started to go away because the callousness of dealing with all the stuff that we talked about, building a business, investing, all those things. I start to just start to focus more on myself in an unhealthy way, not care as much about other people. But that Mm -hmm. is not why I do this. And so as I start to understand why and how I can work on myself, I'm so much better to get to that why and serve people the way that I want to. But, um, yeah, ultimately I'd say the one thing out of all that is like, if you can just, if there's a good friend of yours, a spouse, you know, uh, whatever, um, somebody that, you know, can speak truth into your life to say like, Hey, what is it like to be on the other side of me in this relationship? There's different types of relationships, but I do that with my, um, team with my employees and some of them are like I've never had anybody ask me that I'm afraid to answer that because I feel like it's my job on the line mm-hmm. I was like no it's gonna better me so I can serve you better in that yeah. particular relationship that person that it's a younger gal that works for me um, she was like she's doing like things that we never thought she would be doing because now I know how to lead her better and she knows kind of like what it's like to even lead back for me you know yeah. and what she and wants for me and why I don't understand it if I don't ask for it you know and so asking for that feedback is huge
1: yeah yeah well thank you for sharing all of that with us thank you for uh, sharing just your time with us and uh, a little bit about your journey and telling us about kiss um, we are uh, kiss customers so we use kiss for our albums and um, so if you are a photographer and you're looking for an album company, uh, KISS is definitely something that you should check out. Um, and you should just, if you see Sean at a trade show or you see him at a conference, uh, you should go up and say hi because I do think um, you are one of the most approachable people uh, that I know. So thank you for your time. Um, if people want to follow along, they want to get to know you, or they want to get to know KISS a little bit more, where should they go?
0: Yeah, KISS is at KissBooks on all social media, at KISSBooks it's kiss.us is our url you can go get some information there personally i'm at sean austin on all the social media outlets as well uh, my last name is gordon but i started out as a photographer it was austin photography so everyone started calling me sean austin so that's <laughs> been my handle for a while so at sean austin on facebook or on um any of the instagram or anything like that so yeah i'd love to like, like he said like please come that's where we do really well is uh, i when mean, you come up to us and just like open up a conversation it's not easy but we love serving from that place of just being able to hear and get to know who you are but yeah thanks for having me this has been been really fun thanks so much
1: awesome thanks for listening to the brands that book podcast if you enjoyed this episode please consider subscribing to the podcast on itunes and leaving a review so that others are more likely to find it for show notes and other resources visit DavianChrista.com.